resort. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Okay, let's just fucking roll with it because I don't even know what's going to happen. Hello, sluts. It is me, Mickey Dillon. Welcome back to another episode of Pulse Pounding. I don't know what the fuck is going on, okay? I've been deathly ill for like the past week. I think this started last Monday-ish. I don't know what's wrong with me. I originally thought it was my tonsils because I have the most ridiculous tonsil issues and they just like swell and they bitch and they moan and complain. And I'm like, hey, take these out of my body because like I get tonsil stones too. And the doctor is basically like, um, insurance only covers your tonsils with like six or seven recorded incidents in a year. Excuse me, bitch, what? What are you talking about? What is the point of having fucking insurance if you don't cover what I goddamn need done to myself? Are you fucking kidding me? They also won't cover getting like um your levels tested for things that aren't like basic panels, like vitamin levels of some sort, testosterone, all the shit I wanted to get tested, right? They just won't fucking cover certain things and they'll just argue with you. What is the point of having motherfucking insurance if you don't goddamn cover the shit I need done? Please let me know. Please let me know, you motherfuckers. So anyway, I have been ill and I'm pretty sure that my body's just shutting down and I'm slowly dying and I'm just going to croak. So if I do, please do something with these episodes that I've provided you. Put them somewhere. Put them on a fucking billboard in Times Square <laughs> so my death is not in vain and I can live peacefully in another realm knowing that some success came of this. Thank you so much. So I'm sitting here drinking my tea. I mixed green tea and my throat coat tea, because I know I kind of like need the throat coat tea. Do I think it works? I don't know, but my mind tells me it does, but I hate the fucking taste of it, okay? So I don't know if every brand of throat coat tea is the same fucking flavors and spices and potions and bullshit, but if not, please someone suggest me a throat coat tea. Leave a comment on my Instagram, send me a message, send me an email, a fucking smoke signal. I don't care, okay? Wherever you have to send me this message. I need to know if there's a throat coat tea that actually fucking tastes good because this Yogi brand, whatever, I don't even know who created that name. It sounds really fucking stupid. It's awful. It's disgusting. So I mix it with the green tea to try to like dampen down the flavor to something that I like. Um, and it's it's whatever. I'm drinking it because I need it. Honestly, my entire goal for this episode is just not to choke every five seconds through this goddamn recording, okay? Because I have been choking nonstop. And of course, my body's like, you can feel okay during the day while you're up and while you're doing this and you're not going to cough and you can just pretend you're having a nice life. And then I lay down to go to fucking sleep Okay, and I can't find a motherfucking position where I can breathe through my nose. I'm so stuffed up. I can't breathe to fall asleep. So I found this one weird ass fucking position sleeping on my goddamn hand pretty much like holding my elbow on the bed or the couch with my hand like holding my head up kind of and then I can breathe through my nostrils but I can't fall asleep because it's the most fucking uncomfortable position in my entire existence. The only thing that will fall asleep is my goddamn arm and wrist as I'm laying on it. Not to mention that my body's like, oh, guess what? You want to go to bed? It's two o'clock in the morning. Time for you to cough and choke every literal six fucking seconds. Every six seconds, I'm like, <laughs> I want to die. I want to die in a house fire, which I almost did the other night. You want to hear about that? I almost died in a fucking house fire the other night because I went to put the dryer on 
I put the dryer on, all the clothes from the washer in the dryer, turned it on, it's making some weird noise and some fucking flashes of light like a science experiment are coming out of the dryer. I look in the fucking dryer and the whole back of it is sparking. Blue sparks in the back of my dryer and this burning smell. Everyone is either not home or asleep, okay? Everyone is either not home or asleep at this point. I don't know what the fuck to do, so I just rip the plug out. So then I try to pull my clothes out so that I can hang them, hang dry them, so they don't sit in there and sop and smell wet and gross, so I didn't waste my fucking time washing these clothes for no reason that I actually need to wear, okay? So I'm hanging them up, and they smell like the burning smoke smell. And I'm like, holy shit, if my clothes weren't sopping wet, or if I didn't investigate this spooky noise in the dryer, I may have burned the whole house down with pretty much everyone in it. Three out of four people that live here. <laughs> We're in the fucking house. I could have killed everyone. So I almost literally died in a house fire. Maybe it's because all I do is joke about how I want to die in a house fire. So I'll have to fucking quit that joke, which is a shame because it's one of my best ones. It's the most shocking thing. Whenever I say I'd rather die in a house fire, people are like, oh, what? Excuse me? They're so shocked. I love it. Hold on. Tea break. Ugh. Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> so that's that. That's been my week. And I walked out to the car just now and the fucking creepiest thing just happened. Okay. It's goddamn fall. You can feel it. Everything's getting creepy. I walked outside to come and sit in my car to record this because I need some fucking quiet and my house is still a construction zone. Okay. Update on that fucking story and what's going on in this goddamn house with the fucking construction site at a later date. My house is still a construction zone. So I came out here to just sit down and record in some peace and quiet. And I'm walking around the backyard to come out to the front and get in my car. And I have these ferns that line my walkway. Of course, they're half dead because it literally went from summer to goddamn winter out of nowhere. Okay, there's fucking frost on my car while I'm sitting in here trying to record a motherfucking episode. <sighs> That's the sound of me drinking water because I'm switching between my tea and my fucking water because I am going to die in this car trying to get this episode out. So I'm walking around the ferns and I hear nothing. I see nothing. It's just fucking dark. And all of a sudden, you know how your eyes like adjust to the darkness and you can kind of see it's almost like fucking night vision. You can't really see, but you can see what's in front of you like dark shadows. OK, all of a sudden something comes flying out of the fucking ferns and smacks into my arm and flies away. Was it a bird? Was it a bat? I don't fucking know. But the things I go through to bring you people these fucking episodes, okay? You better share this on your goddamn story. You better put this uh, five-star review, okay? Write a fucking review. The things I go through for you people to have a laugh every week, you wouldn't even fucking believe. And I'm not even, like, dramatic. I know that sounds crazy coming from me. My personality is very dramatic, but as a person, I don't have drama. I don't have drama with other people. I don't have drama in the way I react to real-life things. When I hit the deer with my car, I literally was like, oh, shit. Like, just like that. That volume, <laughs> that reaction, I don't fucking freak out in situations like that. So here I am, the fucking bird bat, bird bat, whatever the fuck it was, flew into me, flies away. Okay, if that was anyone else, it would have been shrills and screams and the whole fucking neighborhood would have woken up and called the police. Me, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that? That's me in my fucking backyard trying to walk around the ferns all to record this goddamn episode. I'm frigid. It's freezing. I'm ill. I'm going to die. I almost burned the house down. And what's left of the house anyway? It's all beams and... 
and nothingness and holes in the ceiling. These motherfuckers, wait till I tell you this fucking story. We're not going to do it this week. Wait till I tell you this fucking story when these construction people get the motherfuck out of my house, okay? I also avoided a major fucking crisis today, okay? Because last night, Rufus Dussault, my favorite band, my favorite artist in history, as you all fucking know, you've heard it a million times, played a show on their tour last night in Los Angeles at the Hollywood Bowl, I believe was the venue. And I woke up today to my phone. My phone was, there were so many notifications and so much buzz buzz going on. I thought the fucking phone was gonna overheat and explode, okay? The forums, the Facebook group, the, the group chat, the WhatsApp chat, everything was going nuts. Why? Because the lead singer of Rufus Dussault, Tyrone, shout out to you, okay? Made a little speech last night during their show saying how incredible, the venue was and the show was blah, 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 blah. Then he goes into this one section of his speech where he says that this is the end of a chapter for them. And he's been living in San Diego and the other two guys are moving to Miami. And it's so special for them to be here and everyone to be here tonight because it's the end of a chapter as they are literally making it sound like or what the fans interpreted it as was that they were breaking up. So all over today, when I wake up, my phone's going nuts. It's all these different notifications from all these different groups I'm in because I'm an obsessive lunatic when it comes to them. Saying that the boys are breaking up. Rufus Dussault announces their breakup at their Los Angeles concert last evening. These are the headlines I'm fucking reading when I wake up. When I tell you, I almost had a goddamn panic attack. I have been walking around in silent terror all day long. How on earth am I supposed to survive if my Jesus, Mary, and Joseph separate, okay? Peter, Paul, and Mary going their separate ways, starting their own religion. That's what this would be. It would be if they... <laughs> Like if they all separated and started different religions, my life would crumble. I am not in the position for that. My life is a disaster at this moment, okay? I am in no position for any more loss, hardship, or stress at this time. So I was suffering silently all day. I didn't even want to talk about it. I didn't say anything to anyone. I'm just like letting it fester in my head. I'm like looking for updates all day. I go out to Best Buy to get a new memory card. Um, and I put the memory card in my little recorder tonight and I looked at it and it said 47, you know, there's like the time on the top of how much time you have left. It said 47, 43 something. I'm like 47 minutes. This is a brand new fucking memory card that I just spent $5 million on. It's like 200 gigs. What do you mean 47 minutes? Then I realized it meant 47 hours of recording time. I was like, all right, slow your roll, girl. Everything's going to be okay. So I go to Best Buy. And I'm looking through Instagram and I see Rufus Dussault made a post and it's videos and pictures from their show last night. And they wrote this nice little message about the show. And at the bottom, it said, P.S. We're just getting started. And everyone breathed a sigh of relief <sighs> in the comments. Everybody was like, thank God. Best news. Thanks for fucking scaring us is what they should have said. Thanks a fucking lot for that goddamn scare. I literally saw my whole life flash before my eyes today. Nothing, nothing could be worse. I would have rather burned this house down with the dryer. <laughs>
than have Rufus Dussel break up and go their separate ways. You know why? Because the insurance will pay out for the house if you burn it down. There is no insurance on my heartbreak, okay? If my heart breaks into pieces, I die. There is no insurance. Your insurance won't cover fucking anything. It's health insurance. They won't even cover taking out my motherfucking tonsils. If anyone listening from anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, have you seen my posts recently on Instagram? We're going global, bitch. You see how many fucking countries we're in? So if anyone in the world is a goddamn surgeon and wants to perform a free tonsillectomy, is that what they call it? <laughs> Give me a call. Send me an email to notthemouseproductions at gmail.com because I need these motherfuckers out. Goodbye. Get out. Big fat loser tonsils. Let's talk about some new music that I'm really enjoying because we haven't done that in a while and I've missed some stuff and I want to talk a little bit about new music that I am absolutely obsessed with. Okay, so first of all, Demi Lovato put out an album. It's called Holy Fuck. It's actually called Holy Favuck because it's spelled with a V for censorship. <laughs> so Holy Favuck came out in August and it's literally all I've been listening to since I get really obsessive with albums that are great, right? So there's artists that I love, and then I'm like an album listener. Some people are not like that. Like, they listen to the singles, they listen to what's on the radio, they listen to what, like, the hot promoted song is. I'm all about the albums, and I love a cohesive, great album with a story, and it all fits together. I love that shit. So for, like, the past year, she's been teasing all this music which is very punk rock you know that whole thing that's coming back but she kind of started there in her early days she was like it was pop but it had rock to it um pop rock that was a genre <laughs> so anyway it's almost like just getting back to her roots but a little more adult because she's not with disney and i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it because i can hear everybody right now i can hear the one motherfucker who's gonna come in my comments and come in my fucking inbox and say you're you're a bigot and you're transphobe demi goes by they them not anymore bitch she's back to a she okay check her instagram the pronouns are at the top she bitch so now i can say that so mind your fucking business thank you so i was super excited for this album listening to all the clips that have been coming out over the past year because i love female vocal rock music i love rock music with like a strong female vocal and i have been so excited about this album for like months and months and months that they've really been like ramping up the promo and like the teasing of it so it finally came out mid-August and it was everything I hoped it would be and more it is like such a great cohesive solid project she sounds incredible the songs are great the guest vocals are excellent the whole thing is just so fucking good so when I get really obsessed with a whole album it's like all I play in my car I am still the person who if I really love an artist and I really love an album I need to go buy the physical copy because I want to see the book and the pictures and the way it's like supposed to be presented. So that's what I did. And I popped that in my car. And I swear to God, if you put an album on your Bluetooth, on your Spotify, your Apple, whatever you use, it just gives you the option to deviate from whatever you're listening to and listen to something else. So I like to pop the CD in and just leave everything else alone, put my phone over there, because now the only option I have is to listen to that. I don't deviate to some bullshit, some advertisement, whatever fucking shit they try to distract you with. So I've been listening to that literally nonstop, 10 out of 10, would recommend 
Holy Fuck, otherwise known as Holy Favuck by Demi Lovato. So fucking good. So good. There's another new album that just came out this week that is my next obsession. So this is what happens, right? I get super obsessed with an album. I've been listening to nothing but the Demi Lovato album. And then at a certain point, I'm like, okay, let me not burn this out for myself and ruin it. So I've been listening to it. What is it? October? Since August, it's been like almost the only thing I play. And then I guess like two weeks ago, I was like, all right, let me take a break. Let me listen to some other stuff because I don't want to like wear this out because it's so good. I want to like forget about it for a week or two and then come back to it and have like a fresh set of ears and be like, oh my God, I still fucking love this. So that's what I did. I was listening to some other shit. This past week, Willow Smith, otherwise known as Willow, (laughs) I think that's what she goes by. I don't think she's carrying the Smith and I don't blame her these days. Willow put out an album called Coping Mechanism. It is an 11-song masterpiece, okay? She is doing the punk rock resurgence better than probably anyone else, okay? Fuck MGK and his bullshit and all those motherfuckers, okay? I don't want to hear about it anymore. She is doing the punk rock genre the way you are supposed to do it. Every song on this album is incredible. Her vocals are incredible. Her voice is so unique and so different. Her control of her voice is outrageous, especially for the fact that she's only 21. But this is technically her fifth album, I believe. Is it five? Could be four, but I'm pretty sure it's it's the fifth. She is such an incredible talent. I'm pretty sure that if I heard the interview correctly, this album was literally produced by one person. It was written by her and another person outrageous this entire album the visuals the music the lyrics are incredible the background vocals and the harmonies that she's doing are just unbelievable she also performed a couple songs on saturday night live this week um from the new album and she is just so dope live it's so incredible obviously she had whip my hair and that whole thing when she was like a little little girl I think she was like eight or nine when that came out so we've kind of like seen her through the years develop and mature and grow specifically vocally in every way but specifically vocally um, as far as writing lyrics all that stuff and her music has kind of become more adult as she has this is her best work yet which is crazy because Her last album, which was called Lately I Feel Everything, which had the Travis Barker collaborations on it. Um, Transparent Soul was on there, which was like a huge mainstream and TikTok hit. A lot of great songs. Lipstick. Um, What else was on there that I really liked? Gaslight, Don't Save Me. A lot of really great songs on that album. And this is like, Coping Mechanism is literally the elevation of that. You can hear that that was like the basis of her finding her sound. And this is the elevated, fleshed out version. Every song from start to finish on this album is excellent and really like dives into the rock genre. It's not very poppy. It's pretty much like rock all the way through. I cannot get enough of this. There are so many great songs on here. Um, Why, Coping Mechanism, Split. Split, I think, is my favorite song on this album. Hover Like a Goddess, You're a Stranger. All of these songs are so fucking good. I definitely recommend listening to this, especially if you like rock music, if you like female-led rock music with a female vocal. Her voice is just insane. It shouldn't fit into the rock genre But it does. It all works. Like Everything just comes together so nicely. And after seeing her on Saturday Night Live and a few videos I've seen over the past couple of years, 
of her killing it live. I definitely want to check her out. I think she's coming to Terminal 5 in November in the city. So I think I'm going to check that out. She is absolutely incredible. The most talented Smith. (laughs) So good. Definitely check that out. I give that like a fucking 15 out of 10. I just cannot stop listening to it. I think it's been like four or five days since it came out and I've listened to nothing else since then. And I don't plan on switching that up anytime soon. Okay, if you know me, you know anything about me, you follow me on Instagram, you know I fucking love Britney Spears till death. And I absolutely loved Hold Me Closer with Elton John. And there's a remix that came out. It's the Joel Corey remix of Hold Me Closer. And it's got like a little more of an EDM, fast-paced vibe to it. Um, Her vocals are a little mixed a little differently, it seems. It seems like they're a little more prominent and in the forefront they move some things around it's really good it's a really excellent remix i've been listening to that definitely check that out i love it uh there's a song by charlie puth that just came out called loser i don't really listen to a lot of his music but he has a few songs that i like this one is excellent gives me like a little bit of early 2000s pop vibes to with like the beat it is so good i love that definitely recommend checking that one out um we have the 25th anniversary edition of butterfly the album by mariah carey hello it is not christmas time yet but mariah stays killing the game since the pandemic started okay 2019 she got her 19th number one with all i want for christmas is you that's right the solo artist with the most billboard number ones of all time in music history okay no who does that no one the only artists who beats her out are the fucking beatles with 20 okay they have one more than her and i'm pretty sure the next person down the list only has like 15 or 16 compared to 19. So you know what? We're doing great. We're doing great 30 years into the fucking career. So she put out the Butterfly 25th Anniversary Expanded Edition. So it has the original album and then it has some extras, some live performances of some of the songs and a new remix, which is Butterfly Amorphous Anniversary Club Mix. I think Amorphous is the... DJ. Yeah, it is. Okay. Anyway, so that is fucking spectacular. And then, of course, you have the David Morales remix of Honey. So definitely check that shit out if you're a Mariah fan. Also, Savannah Ray has a song out that I love called Closure. She's from Canada. She came onto my radar by way of Fifi Dobson when I was interviewing her. I asked her, like, well, who are some artists that she's listening to that are making music now that she really likes? And she said Savannah Ray. So I've been definitely watching her since that. I like a lot of her songs. I haven't really, like, gone back and listened to, like, a whole project or anything like that. But this song, Closure, I have on one of my playlists. And I really like it a lot. I think she's awesome. So that's it for new music, and I am going to get back to listening to my Willow Smith album, and I'm not fucking changing it until further notice. It is so good. Listen to it. Go listen to it now. Kobe Mechanism by Willow. Listen! Okay, so this past week, I attended slash officiated one of my best friend's weddings. (laughs) Shout out to Matt and Katie. We got together a couple months ago and wrote the ceremony. So like I did my best friend's sister's wedding in 2018 and I swore I would never fucking do it again. It's too stressful to talk like that in front of people you know. Strangers, fine. People you know, like a room full of people you know. It's fucking weird and strange. Anyway, so I agreed to do it. 
and we wrote the ceremony and it was super short. I was super excited about that. We did like a test run of it where we read through it and I was like, guys, this is literally fucking like 11 minutes. Are you kidding me? And they were like, great, that's perfect. That's how we want it. The faster, the better. Let's get in, get out, get going. That works out great for me. They didn't want to do the vows in front of people. They did that like at their first look. They did everything like out of the way except for like some quick shit and then, you know, the big words. And I love some of the friendships I have as an adult that have like stemmed from my younger years. Like my friend Matt and I have been so close since we were in high school and we used to be together all the time and I would always sleep at his house and we would go out and we would cause trouble. <laughs> and we had so much fun. And I like basically lived at his house for a period of time. So it's funny because as you get older, we've talked about this before, sometimes life just gets busy and everyone's doing their thing and you don't see people for a while. So I probably see Matt like once every year or two. Um, so I hadn't seen him in like maybe two years when we sat down to write the ceremony and I went over to his house and saw him and his mom and his family and it was just like no time had passed and same thing when we went to the rehearsal dinner it was just like no time had passed the relationship and the dynamic is exactly the same with him and his mom and his dad and his brother it's really cool as you get older that you can have that you know like even if you don't have all the time in the world to see your friends or be around your friends you can still have that same bond and that same dynamic when you do get together. I love that. So that was exciting to get to spend some time with him this past week. So all this talk about weddings and getting married and marriage and relationships had me thinking. And I was so curious <laughs> as to what's going on in everyone's motherfucking marriage, okay? Because you know I'm a nosy bitch and I want to know all the things about what's happening. So I took to the listeners, as I often do, to see what the fuck is going on with your marriage, okay? I asked in the same post, okay? You guys are getting really good, by the way. I'm really proud of you. You're growing. Your attention spans. Everything's moving up, expanding. You know, we're getting bigger and better. You guys are really doing well with these multiple-part questions because at the beginning, you bitches were looking kind of dumb. You were looking kind of stupid, <laughs> <laughs> I would post a two-part question and you motherfuckers would only answer one part. But this is a four-part question and everyone who responded remembered to answer every part. So thank you so much for that. All right. I wrote, married people. One, how long have you been married? Two, what is the secret to a happy marriage? Three, what is the biggest compromise or sacrifice you've made to make your marriage work? And four, how many times a week are you having sex? Because I need to know, okay? Healthy marriages, y'all need to be fucking. Thank God Pia, our resident therapist, is not here because she would tell you that that is not the recipe to a happy relationship. But in my book, okay, I need to be fucking. We need some dick in this house. <laughs> All right, anyway, let's see what you guys had to say about your fucking marriages. Honestly, this tea is now cold and it's not hitting me the way it's supposed to, but uh, whatever, we're just gonna... We're going to live. Okay, first one says that they've been married for 21 years and that there's no secret. Just don't cheat or expect perfection. As far as what's been compromised, she says social life, 
because he's an introvert and we tolerate each other's obsessions and hobbies, video games and music for as many times as they have sex a week. Once if we're lucky, LOL. Once if you're lucky after 21 years. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be in a relationship for that long. The longest relationship that I've been in has been three years, but we're fucking. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder like the differences in dynamics when it comes to like marriage and sex and intimacy when you're dealing with like different types of couples, you know, like the gays are fucking. <laughs> what are the lesbians doing? I feel like they're just on to the next thing after they've been married for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a stereotype whatever all right well that's that i like the part where she said that um they tolerate each other's hobbies he likes video games and she loves music so that's kind of funny i guess it's interesting too like if you don't have the same hobbies what's that like you know that could be good and bad okay next one is five and a half years for how long they've been together and as far as the secret to a successful marriage, she says communication above everything, the good, the bad, all of it, being completely open with your partner, understanding it's not always 50-50, sometimes it's 80-20, asking questions when each of you are going through it, like, how can I support you? What do you need from me right now? Anything I can take off your plate, etc. Know each of your love languages. Show love in their love language, not your own. That's a big one. I like that a lot. Understanding that it's not always 50-50. Sometimes it's 80-20. People are so obsessed with this. A relationship is 50-50. And it is in certain ways when you're in a partnership. But when you're in a long-term relationship with someone, I'm talking like 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10... 20, 30 years. Think about the things that you go through if you're single or you haven't been in a long-term relationship. Think about the things that you go through on your own, in your own life, with yourself and the ups and the downs of the different times of your life and struggles. Now picture that with another person. You know, I've talked about so much on this show how I've had like a weird year this year and months ago I was talking about how I was having like a weird time and I was feeling depressed and I wasn't feeling this way like myself and that way like myself. Well, when you're with a partner and you're in a relationship, sometimes the other person has to pick up the slack. Sometimes you might not be doing well financially or when it comes to work, you may get laid off or cut hours or you transition with your career. And there's all these different ways that the partner might have to pick up the slack emotionally, whatever it is, whatever's happening, you could have a loss. And I think that people forget that and they expect because we have this like meme culture and TikTok bullshit and these people just spew these lines about you to you about happy relationships and how things are supposed to be and everything now is like I don't need a man unless he's paying my bills and all this fucking shit okay all this new shit that we've accepted as a culture and a society that I think is stupid but we don't need to get into that but I think that's really important to make note of is that sometimes your partner is going to go through it and it's not going to be a 50-50. You're going to have to pick up some of the slack. And then there might be times where you're going through it and the other person is going to have to pick up some slack. You know, I think that was a really important point. I like that a lot. Um, the other part was showing love in their love language, not your own. That is a big one. You have to understand what your partner is looking for. And that's why what she said in the beginning, communication is so important. Because you need to let someone know, as we've talked about before, what you're looking for if you're not receiving it 
because no one's a fucking mind reader. So I like that response a lot. She also said, never letting anyone in between you two, meaning the bond you share is the most special and comes above all other family and friends. Understanding that as the years go by, each of you will change and grow and the relationship will have to evolve too. Maybe some core things you originally felt one way about, now you feel differently. Wow, this is a smart ass bitch, okay? That is so true. You are going to change and evolve on your own, separately, but together, if that makes sense. You are going to go through your own individual changes growths and your ideas evolve, your opinions evolve, and you're still with the same person. It's still the same relationship, but you are both changing. So that's a really good point as well. How can you grow together instead of growing apart? Always make time for each other. If there's no time for date nights, then what do you have time for? Calls, driving to work, always sitting down to talk. This is really great. She says, my husband and I always shower together at night after our daughter goes to bed. Just so we know, we always have that one-on-one time with no TV, phones, just us talking about our day and laughing together. That's pretty cool. I like that. Don't let anything get in the way of trust and respect. Always talk highly of your partner to others, whether you're fighting or not. Once you leave the house and go see others, that has to go on pause. I fucking totally agree with that. I hate, absolutely hate, and this is like an old school belief, I guess, and like an old school relationship style. You don't fucking fight with your partner in front of people, in front of outsiders. If you're in such a bad fight that you can't, you don't need to fake things. I don't like that either. You don't need to be up each other's asses like you're so in love that day, but you don't want to disrespect your partner and bring your shit outside the house in front of everyone else. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. It makes other people uncomfortable. It makes your partner feel uncomfortable that you're like airing each other out in the public. It's fucking weird. And everyone in the situation is uncomfortable. So I agree with that. If you're having a bad day, you need to put that shit on pause. If you're going out to be around other people. And if you can't, one or both of you should just stay the fuck home. I think that is like such an important respect factor. And it really speaks to someone's self-control. If you respect me and you know how to control yourself as an adult, you will let that shit die in the house. And we will pick it up when we get back if we need to. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to forget about it. We don't have to pretend it never happened. But we're going to reassess this situation later. When your partner is talking, especially about something negative or in a disagreement, focus more on listening and less on thinking of your response and defending yourself. Don't say you, say I. Instead of you do X, Y, and Z, it should be like, I feel like X. So instead of you never listen, you should say, I don't feel heard, et cetera, et cetera. Are you a therapist? She's not. I know her. You should be a fucking therapist. This is brilliant. For the sex part, she says, if it was by preference every day, but having a toddler and different work schedules means we settle for two to three times a week. But there are occasions during vacations or long weekends where sometimes we're having more fun and more than one round a day. Love that. I think two to three times a week for like two working adults who also have a child (laughs) and like a house to maintain. I think that's pretty good, especially for like almost six years into their marriage. Like they're still getting hot and heavy. I like this a lot. That was such an excellent response through and through. Next one says that they've been married for three years. She says communication is the secret. 
Compromise is not always being right. Love that a lot. And as far as sex, she says, one year postpartum and sex feels like another chore on my list as a mom and a wife. I hope her husband doesn't listen to this because that doesn't sound good. (laughs) I also don't know what it's like to push a child out of your fucking body and your virgin hole. So that might change things as well. The next one says they've been together for 15 years or married rather for 15 years. The secret is lots of sex and compromising and understanding each other's needs. Lots of sex. Love that a lot. Biggest compromise is where we reside. So I'm assuming that one of them would rather live somewhere than the other or maybe wants to move is my guess because there wasn't a lot of detail and the other doesn't. So that makes sense. As far as sex, they are having sex three to five times a week. Woo! Three to five times a week after 15 years of marriage is my fucking goal in life, okay? So if I can't have that, if you're listening, future husband, if I can't have that, I don't fucking want it. Take the ring back, return it. I don't want it. Three to five times a week after 15 years. These two are fucking... They like each other after 15 years. Next one says that they've been married for nine and a half years. The secret is therapy, not couples, individual. Work on your own shit and you'll be a better person for everyone in your life. I like that a lot. That's really good. Compromises, no major ones. We were on the same path about a lot of stuff before getting married. Little everyday compromises add up to better communication and a better relationship. Learning how to listen and to respect each other's differences, be emotionally open and vulnerable about your needs, aka all the shit you learn in therapy. <laughs> as far as how much sex they're having, five to six times a week. See, this is the shit I'm talking about. Ten years in and they're fucking every chance they can get. Five to six times a week. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. You would think these were homo men. Um, I also asked, do you have kids? Because five to six times a week sounds like they've got some time on their hands. <laughs> and she said, no, would probably change if we did. That's a big compromise because I'm not super ready for kids, but he is. I'd be happy not having them and he wants them. We're able to communicate better on expectations and stuff because of therapy. She put therapy in all caps. I think that's great. I think that if therapy is something that you're both doing to work on yourselves and to have like an outside perspective, not even as a, as a couple, like couples therapy, but you're doing that on your own to better yourself for the relationship. I think that's pretty awesome. Next one says they've been married for eight and a half years. Secret is communication and trust. And the biggest compromise was changing my last name. That's interesting. So I guess that she didn't want to change her last name when they got married. I wonder what the reasoning for that was. I wish we would have gotten more in depth on that. The sex is two. We have a ton of young children and making time is super hard. I wonder how many kids they have. (laughs) They must have like a little gang running around their fucking house like a baseball team. Next one says they've been married for 15 years. Um, The secret is trust. Of course, that is the most important. Trust, honesty, respect. Those are the most important things in a relationship. 
The biggest compromise was giving up my alone time sometimes. See, that makes sense too. I'm kind of like, um, I'm as, I mean, uh, I was going to say it, but I w- didn't want to do the woo-woo shit, but I'm a Sagittarius and being who I am, I really value my alone time. So like, I love to be around other people. I love to be social. I love to like spend time with my partner, but I'm also the kind of person who like, sometimes I need to just run away. It's not because I hate you. It's not because I don't want to be around you. I just just need my own time. And that looks different all the time. Sometimes I do something by myself, like a, go to a concert or I'll go to dinner and have like sushi by myself. I love to do that. Sometimes I'll just go for a drive and listen to music, but I just need to sometimes get the fuck out and be completely alone on my own and not talk to anyone. It's just like how I recharge, I guess. Um, so I agree with that. I think that's super important. So after 15 years, they are having sex once a week And she wrote in parentheses, wish more. Okay, so from my perception of these two as a couple, I would have thought they were fucking all the time. (laughs) My perception was incorrect. Okay, next one is from my good friend, Dan Salido, who wanted his own shout out and not to keep this anonymous. Dan is my favorite Asian in America. So let's see what he has to say about him and his wife, Isabella. They have been married for two and a half years. The secret is having a nice balance of having things in common, mutual interests, balance, and boundaries. That's important too. I guess like everybody has their boundaries even if you're married. Biggest compromise, he says, for me personally, it was moving out east over 40 miles. I guess that's an interesting perspective that I don't really think about. Like sometimes when you meet people in one place in life and they're going one way and you're going another, and then you have to compromise if one person wants to live in a certain place and you don't, that's weird, I guess. Like if you're pulling in opposite directions as far as where you want to live, like what's the balance? What's the compromise as to where you're going to do that? Do you live separately? (laughs) Do you get your own apartments and see each other on the weekends? Okay, as far as the sex, it ranges, but it's never less than twice in like a seven-day span. Cop-out answer, but it really does range, and most of it has to do with scheduling in post-pandemic era. (laughs) Sometimes I have to go into the on-site four days a week. Other times I go in two or less, but accounts to overall fatigue and planning, if that makes sense. So, sounds like they are planning their sex life, but it is no less than twice a week. So you know what? That's a good start. Next one says they've been married one year. Um, The secret is knowing and understanding each other's happiness. The biggest compromise is sharing everything. So I guess that's something that I didn't think about either. When you're living with someone and you're married and you're sharing your house. I mean, I've lived with significant others before, so I get that aspect of it. But when you're married, it's different. Everything is shared as far as where you're living, what's in it, the house itself. It's not like one person's living in the other person's place. Um, Finances, bills, cars, all that stuff is like you're literally sharing everything. Everything belongs to both of you. So that is something that might take some adjusting or compromising over. As far as the sex, it is one to two times a week. I honestly can't get over the response about the sometimes it's not 50-50, sometimes it's 80-20. I love that shit so much because it is so true. That is absolutely how life goes. 
thank you to everyone who responded and was very open about their marriages and their sex lives. <laughs> I love to ask personal questions and see how many people are just so open to responding and being honest. That's why I always keep it anonymous unless you specify otherwise. But thank you so much for always responding and for giving me such honest and open answers. I love to see the differences in the answers from like different kinds of people, whether it's women, men, age groups, how long you've been together in relationships, how long you've experienced, whatever the question is. I love to see the differences in the responses. So, of course, <laughs> for Matt and Katie's rehearsal dinner, since they sparked the subject of of marriage and compromise and sex. <laughs> I took this week's episode right into the fucking rehearsal dinner, okay? I took my little microphone, I put it in a bag, I waited for everyone to get a little drunk, I pulled it out, and I said, I have some motherfucking questions. <laughs> Katie was like, what the fuck is that thing and where did you find it? Why did you bring it here? <laughs> in regards to my microphone. So let's check in at the rehearsal dinner. Are you ready? No, why did you bring that? It's party time. What are you most excited for about marriage? What is going on? I'm interviewing you. Matt's, Matt's next. I'm letting you go first so you can be the tone setter. I'm excited to be with my partner. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Could you please shut the fuck up? Thank you. Try again. Go fuck yourself. That's so rude. I'm excited to have someone to be in my life as a life partner and go through all different obstacles and adventures. Can you shut the fuck up? What are you least excited for about marriage? The disagreements and the fighting. What is Matt's worst habit? Coming. He thinks I'm his mother that's going to clean up for him. <laughs> I'll give you a second if you want to name a second. Oh my God. <laughs> His man boobs. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta work on that. What are you most excited for about marriage? Unlimited boobies. Honestly, that's literally the most shallow thing I could have heard in my life. What, what, what? One more. A supporting life partner that will be there through sickness and health. He says that because he's a bitch when he's sick. What are you least excited for about marriage? What was the question? What are you least excited for about marriage? Can I phone a friend? I don't know. Is this Jeopardy? No. It's your real answer. No Saturdays for the boys. <laughs> yeah, no more Saturdays for the boys. Are you banning him from Saturdays for the boys? No, because I get Saturdays for the girls. Hey! What is Katie's worst habit? That stupid mouthpiece she wears when she goes to bed. Do you grind your teeth? No, I have a retainer that I wear. That's whatever. You gotta have nice teeth. They've been the Wait, same for twenty me. years. That's not even a bad uh, habit. Look at his gap. <laughs> it's audio only. They can't see the gap. Get your mother over here, Susan. How how long have you been married? Thirty-two years. What is the secret to a successful, happy marriage? Your husband saying yes. You hear that? Yes. Always saying yes. Okay, but what about when you have to say yes to the husband? It's not all about the fucking women. I never have to say yes. To what does that mean? I'm amazing. 
Well, we we know that, but not everyone is. like you can't believe it. He worships the feet I walk on. How many years have you been married? 32. How many times a week are you having sex after 32 years of marriage? I would say a month. How many a month? With Samson in the room or without Samson? As a threesome with the dog? A threesome with the dog. You couldn't keep up with me. You couldn't keep up with me. How many times a month? I can't tell you because my kids are in the room. Ten or less? Ten or less? Honestly? Less. <laughs> Boo! What is the biggest thing you've had to compromise to make your marriage work? Having humongous dogs. Why? Is that his choice? He likes big dogs. Would you have gotten a small little gay bitch dog? No. Right, so that's not a compromise. Well, my compromise is... My compromise is... uh, I don't compromise. So basically, it's Sue's world, and Matt's just living in it. That's crazy. Get him over here. Get him over here. It's his turn. She just snapped at him so hard, and he listened, and he got up. So his compromise. (laughs) What is the biggest compromise you've made to make your marriage work? My father. Uh, your father. My father. What does that mean? You have to live with it? You have- you <laughs> Mike, you know him. That's it? That's all you got? Yeah, that, is that not enough? That is enough. Wait, I want to see if his, if his answer varies from yours. How many times a month after all your, time, all your years of marriage are you having sex? I'll go with that. <laughs> I heard something about Ambien and handcuffs. Is this true? No handcuffs, but Ambien... But I asked for handcuffs. Yes, she did. Have you purchased the handcuffs? What are you doing? Yes. <laughs> Mike, how do you feel about this? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> what is your name? How many times a week are you two having sex? Oh, God, no. Five. Five, is that accurate? That sounds accurate. Don't lie. No, that sounds accurate. Okay, that's good. How long have you two been together? How many times a week are you having sex? Is that enough for you? He shook his head no. What about you? It's not enough for me. It's not enough for me. Okay, you two are getting married in less than 48 hours. How many times a week are you having sex? What? <laughs> what the fuck? Is have been together five years. Everyone else's relationship is shorter than What does that mean? They've been together for 46. <laughs> Same shit. <laughs> and they've got handcuffs. They don't have handcuffs. And a dog in the room. Tie points. On the bedpost? Yes. That's crazy. But only twice a week. That's because you're busy at your clubhouse with your leather vest, you fucking homo. She works nights. She sleeps with the doctors in the on call rooms like Grey's Anatomy. I have people coming and going.
going in my house all day and night and every night. Is that inhibiting your sex life? Absolutely. Don't touch it. I don't trust you. She touches old man dick in the hospital all day. You think she wants to touch mine after seeing that squirrely fucking race? I bet not. I wouldn't either. How many times a week are you having sex? Zero. <laughs> Yikes. Oh my god. Grandpa, how many times do you get Grandpa! How many times a week are you having sex? My heart can't handle it. Ten? 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 Yes! Ten? Twelve? Holy shit! More than all of us. Cheers to that. Everybody raise a glass to grandpa having sex 12 times a week. Woo! Holy shit, what a fucking party. Your mother hates me. Her mother hates me. Yes. Her mother hates the gay priest. <laughs> And I am not gonna, and so does your sister. She's staring at me like she wants me to die in a house fire. And I am not gonna ask them how many times they are having sex. Yeah, but I'm a homo. You don't wanna know, you don't wanna know how many times a week I'm having sex. And he's having sex. I win. Twice as much as everybody. Woo! Jesus Christ. Double the amount of times as the rest of you. What's up with that That's what happens. You put two men in there and we're like, everybody needs what they need, you know? It is right. It is right. Be a lesbian. Maybe you'll get a little more. <laughs> it's too late for you. I need an espresso. <laughs> what? To be a lesbian. Uh, by who? My lesbian friends. <laughs> How many lesbian friends you got, bitch? I have a lot of lesbian friends, right? Honestly, you know this is going out to the public. Are you comfortable with asking these, answering these questions? I'm going to throw up. What in the ambient is going on here? <laughs> yes, I did, and I'm proud of it. Are you single or in a relationship? In a relationship. How many times a week are you having sex? <laughs> An answer up. She. What does that mean? Give me a range: two to four, seven to nine. Seven to nine. One to. <laughs> How many years have you been married? Thirty-eight. How many times a week are you having sex? A hundred. No. Oh, yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah. All the time? All over the house. All over the house. 12 times a week? 12 times a week. They make pills now. Where, where the hell have you been? They make, they got all these blue little pills. Blue? Yeah, they're blue, the pills. Okay, I know what they are. Oh, no. Yeah. What? Cock stiffeners. I've never taken one of those. How about you? No, I don't need this, it. This it sounds like it could be a good time. I mean, an uncontrollable yes, boner? Yes, that's me, the gay priest. The gay priest. <laughs> Can you fucking even with me? So for the rehearsal dinner, I was sat at the table with Matt and Katie and the bridal party, including Matt's brother, Mike, and 
I was calling Matt's mom and dad over nonstop to fuck with them and do shots and, you know, my whole thing. And they're like so used to me and my shit and my nonsense. And Katie is not really used to me. Like we haven't hung out all that much. So I don't think she really like was prepared <laughs> 100% for how ridiculous I am everywhere I go nonstop. So they, the rest of them were all like expecting my bullshit. <laughs> But I don't know Matt's extended family like that. And I don't know any of Katie's family. So once I got like drunk enough and we were all like screaming with my microphone, I think everybody was like, what the fuck is going on over there? As I'm screaming out to his mom and his aunt about how many times a week they're having sex. <laughs> Typical fucking homo. I really stepped into the stereotype right then and there. <laughs> Anyway, we had a blast at the rehearsal dinner and I ended up going out with everybody after Matt said one time like, oh, I think we're going to go out after. And I was fucking prepped for a party. I took an Uber to the fucking rehearsal dinner. I actually took the train and then I took an Uber because there is no way I was driving. I was down for the ride. I was ready to have a good time. So we ended up going out afterwards and having a great time and shaking our asses. That was my fucking goal. The DJ would not play the songs I was requesting which usually I'm very good at making that happen. So that guy can go fuck himself. And then I got stuck at the goddamn train station. Okay. I go to get back on the train to go home and I missed the last train between like, God, what was it? Two in the morning and like fucking six. So now I'm stuck at the fucking train station and there's goddamn Uber searches everywhere, okay? I don't understand why. Because it's a Friday night and a lot of people are trying to Uber, that means that you need to jack the prices up to double or more. What is that shit about, okay? So it was like $100 or some crazy shit for a fucking Uber 25 minutes away or 35 minutes away, whatever it was, home. And I was like, fuck this. So I waited it out for like an hour, wasted, and then I finally was like, fuck this. And I don't even remember how much it cost me, but I just paid for the Uber home. I was like, fuck this, I need to go home. So we had a day in between, and I worked, and I literally was like, I wasn't hungover. I tend to get hangovers like the night I get home. So by the end of the night, I'm like, oh, I think I'm hungover. And then I just go to sleep and I wake up and I usually just feel tired. Most times I don't feel like fucked up or sick or headache or nauseous. That only happens like once or twice a year. <laughs> so luckily I followed suit and I woke up and I was just a little tired. I went to work. On Sunday, we had the wedding. So on Sunday... Thank God I didn't have to be there until later in the afternoon. The ceremony started at like 4, 4.30, whatever. I had to be there at like 3.45. I woke up like the irresponsible piece of shit I am. 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, the day of the wedding, to go to the outlets and get a suit because I am 700 pounds, okay? I am going to be the next spokesperson for Jenny Craig with how fucking large my body is becoming. I could literally stunt double for a sumo wrestler. So nothing fucking fits me. And I had to get a suit and I procrastinated and put it off to the last minute. Why the fuck would I do that? Why on God's fucking earth would I do that? I should have went to the outlets the day of the motherfucking rehearsal dinner when I had nothing to do all goddamn day. Did I do that? No, I slept late. 
great. So I literally go to the outlets and my go-to for a suit is Express. That's where I got the pink suit for the wedding last year in North Carolina. That was fire. And I thought I was going to go there and get everything done super quickly the way I did last time. And it did not fucking work out. You know, when you have an idea of what you want to wear and what outfit you're going to put together, and then you get to where you're shopping, your shopping hub, whether it's a mall, department store, whatever it is, and nothing you fucking wanted is working out. Nothing is coming together. You can't find what the fuck you need. You can't find your size if they do have what you need. My original outfit idea was just really all black and it included a suit vest and no jacket. Can I tell you, I couldn't find a motherfucking suit vest to save my life. Not an express. Not in piece of shit, asshole, cheap ass H&M. Not in Perry Ellis, a goddamn literal suit store. Not in J. Crew. Not in fucking Brooks Brothers, okay? They gave me a goddamn business card to go to some suit place a half an hour away that wasn't even open on Sunday, so fuck that motherfucker. Calvin Klein, all of the places, Banana Republic, everywhere that should have a goddamn men's suit vest in black, the easiest, most common of all suit colors. I couldn't find a fucking suit vest anywhere. I could not believe my fucking eyes that nobody had a fucking men's suit vest. So I had to start from the drawing board <laughs> and decide on something new. And I ended up with this like great black suit and a turtleneck sweater. I love the turtleneck under a suit jacket look. So it all worked out, but it was very stressful. And to the last moment, I was pressed for time. I was like, I am never going to make it home from here to get ready, iron some shit get dressed, had to stop and get a card because I got a card last fucking minute like I do everything, goddamn asshole bitch, and make it to this fucking wedding on time in a goddamn Uber so I can drink my face off after I perform this ceremony. But somehow I actually made it there early with enough time to down a drink before my speech. <laughs> so we're lining up, we're ready to go out. I've got the speech. Oh, mind you, I had to stop and get a card at CVS, but I also had to go to Staples because I thought to myself, I wonder if Katie printed the ceremony. Like, I wonder if she printed a copy of the ceremony for me to read. And then I was thinking to myself, I have the ceremony in my Google Docs. Nobody else has it. I never sent it to anyone. So she would have had no way <laughs> to print it. So I figured, you know what? Rather than stress this bitch out on her wedding day, let me just fucking do it. So that was another stop I had to make. So I put it all together in a little binder. So we go down the aisle. The ceremony starts. Everything was going super well and super easy. Mind you, it was windy. We were outside. There was a tent above us and the tent was rattling in the wind. I was super afraid that it was just going to blow away or fall down upon us. And I get to the part where you're like, you know, I, Matt, take you, Katie. And then they repeat after you. So I do Matt's and it goes fine. And I was super worried about him because he's a little slow. And I thought he was going to forget the lines as I was saying them to him for him to repeat, but he did very well and it was fine. And then we come to Katie and we had like written the ceremony. We had pulled parts from other things that we were looking up and 
I copy and pasted the part where you do like the I take you and put this ring on their finger. And I just double pasted I'm at take you Katie and forgot to fucking switch it. And that's what I read out loud. I looked at Katie and said, I'm at take you Katie. And she looked at me (laughs) and said, I Katie take you Matt. And I was like, oh shit. (laughs) We really fucked this one up. I just forgot. I forgot. I didn't realize that we didn't switch it out. And I read it over and made some like marks and notes right before we went out. And I did not fucking catch that one. I'll tell you that. But all in all, it went well. And then we went in to drink and dance and party. And I was sat at a table with a good friend of mine who I used to work with. And she knows Matt's now wife from work. I was sat with their work people. Let me tell you this. I fucking hate weddings, okay? I can't stand weddings. I try not to go to every single one I'm invited to unless I feel absolutely obligated to go and be there for that person. Matt is one of those people. Ask me how many weddings I've been to in the past two years. Three. Everyone who I'm obligated to show up for when they get married, with the exception of probably like five people left that will get married in my entire life, I've already gone to, okay? Don't send me an invitation. Don't ask me if I want to come. No, I will not officiate your fucking wedding because I'm so funny and great. I'm well aware. No, 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 no. I fucking hate weddings. I hate the structure of it. I hate the bullshit. I hate the, now we sit down. Now we announce you in. I hate when the wedding party, and this is not about Matt and Katie's wedding specifically. This is all fucking weddings in general. I hate the part where the goddamn bridal party gets announced in and they do stupid jokes and stupid dances and they think they're so fucking funny and clever to spin in a circle. Okay? No. Goodbye. Leave me the fuck out of it. You have no rhythm, you white ass bitch. Leave me alone. I don't want to be subjected to looking at this. And then you sit down, the dinner, the cake, the first dances, the speeches. I'm going to make a speech about my fucking daughter while I cry and and cry my eyes out. I I am the brother of the bride. And why, why, why? No, I don't care. It's awkward. It's weird. I can't stand it. So I go to this wedding alone, sat with a bunch of people I don't know, except for one. And I am just looking around and people watching, okay? First of all, I got super fucking high. Matt's brother got me stoned on his, like, stoner weed. You know, there's, like, levels to weed. There is, like, weed, normal people weed, semi-experienced people weed, top weed, and then stoner weed. Stoner weed is for the lunatics who take, like, dabs out of a pickup truck and smoke wax shit and get crazy, okay? Those are the drug addicts of stoners. (laughs) They don't do real drugs, but they are weed drug addicts, okay? It is not the kind of weed for me in a social setting, and I've been making this mistake this year of smoking the wrong weed by accident in a social setting, and shit just gets weird. So I got super fucking stoned, and I did not want to shake my ass, which is crazy for me, because that's all I ever want to do in a setting with a DJ. And I am looking around at all these people and in my head, I was just talking so much shit, okay? Weddings are unbelievable. You've got the girls that are talking shit about the other girls and their boyfriends sitting around, looking around. Oh, look at this one and this one and look at who she's with and look at him. Meanwhile, okay, they're a fucking slopopotamus, okay? Looking around, talking shit about everyone else around. Take a good look in the mirror, bitch, okay? Because you're not doing that hot and neither is your fucking husband. 
I can't stand people who just look around a room, whether it's a restaurant, a social gathering. Look, we all talk shit in the privacy of our own homes, right? We all say something about something about something. It's human nature. It is what it is. I can't stand a person who looks at a random stranger in a room and starts picking them apart. You know what that tells me about you? It tells me that you don't feel so fucking good. It tells me that you're miserable yourself and you are projecting how you feel on other people because secure people who feel good about themselves and are happy and healthy and having a good time and a good life don't sit around looking at strangers or acquaintances that mean nothing to their lives and pick them apart for no good reason other than that you're bored and fucking miserable, okay? So I can't stand that. I'm looking around at the whole thing at other tables, a ton of people I don't know. I'm watching the Instagram thing that the girls do, right? So the one girl, she has her boyfriend hugged up all close to her and the girl across from her is taking like the Instagram pictures you can tell because they're from the right angle the way they're posing and something that really gets me about people is when you see them smiling for a picture and then the picture's over and their smile their face just immediately drops into this like miserable resting bitch face normal stare from cheesy smile to miserable and both of them do it at the same time the man and the woman. What are you doing? And then as soon as that was done, the phone immediately went to the other side of the table. And now the other couple, this is not my table. This is something I'm viewing from afar. The other couple is doing the same fake ass bullshit, the smiling and the posing and the whatever. And I'm looking around and I'm like, what is this show we're doing? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to take pictures when I go out with my friends and my family and whoever I'm dating. But I, I like to do it in an organic, natural way in the sense of I'm actually having a good time and I actually want to capture that moment. And it's usually for my own memories. I kind of treat my Instagram other than like promoting stuff and putting out stuff for the show. I treat my Instagram like a scrapbook, you know, like everything that I've posted I'll get to look back at and I do sometimes I go through my own Instagram a lot and my best friend and I tend to do it while we're on the phone with each other and we'll like send stuff from five years ago. That's like a time capsule for me, you know, but like those memories, those moments where you see me smiling in a picture that I posted, that's genuine. I was actually having a good time because if I'm not having a good time, I don't need to fake it and take a picture to put on social media. I don't think I have one picture from this fucking wedding. And it's not that I wasn't having a good time, but I was super stoned and not in the mood for pictures. But I don't need to fake it. You know, like I was present for my friend's wedding and I was there for him. And we have a lot of memories from that day together. I don't need a fucking picture to prove it. I don't need to post the picture on Instagram for all of you that are listening to this to see and know I was there. I was there. I was a part of that moment. You know what I mean? That's validation for me. I showed up for my friend who I care about. I don't need to fucking show all of you so that you can say, oh, look at that. You know, like, it's just not my thing. So I'm looking around at all these couples and I'm like, look at all this fake shit going on. You look so unhappy as soon as the camera's done and you're going to post this on your social media and you're going to have other people, because this is what people do with social media, looking at your pictures of you smiling and holding his face and whatever, whatever. And they're going to feel bad about themselves because their relationship might not look like that. But little do they know that you probably got into a fucking screaming match <laughs> in the car on the way to this wedding about all the things you can't stand about each other. 
And now you're sitting here taking these fucking pictures to post on Instagram. It is just like watching the things that people do with the phones and the social media. And I'm not acting like I don't do it because I do it too. But I just try to do it a little less fake, if that makes sense. I don't try to fake things for the picture. I try to capture pictures of like genuine moments and really great times. So that shit is just too fucking much for me. The country music is too much for me. I don't understand these white girls from Long Island and their country music and their cowboy boots that they wear under their dresses for the goddamn weddings. Thank God Katie wasn't wearing fucking cowboy boots because I would have told her that she's lost her mind. I don't understand the country music. What part of the man singing about Texas and his pickup truck and the tractor and fucking his sister do you relate to? You live on Long Island, New York. The only tractor you're going to see is at the fall festival on the fucking North Fork. And it was brought there for that purpose and that purpose only. It's not a real tractor. Okay. What is with the bitches and the country music? I can't stand country music. It makes me physically angry. I want to punch a baby when I hear it. Then I really, <laughs> I really put my foot right in my mouth sitting at my own table. Okay. Sitting to my left was this really great woman and her husband. I believe they were in their forties and she was pregnant and I was super high <laughs> and I was doing the relate to the pregnant lady thing. Cause I wanted to talk to her and she seemed really sweet. And I was like, Oh, do you have any more kids? And she's like, oh, I have a two-year-old. And I'm like, oh, my niece is two. Two-year-olds are crazy, but they're great, but they're nuts. I'm never having kids, you know? <laughs> so she's telling me about the two-year-old and I'm asking her, I'm like, well, being that you're pregnant and you're pretty far along, like, is it weird to be at these events? Like, you can't drink, the loud music, everyone's partying, everyone's drinking, you know? Like, what is that like? And, and she was explaining it to me and it was a really nice conversation until her husband came back. <laughs> and said what are you guys talking about and we told him and I said oh I'm never having kids but you know more power to you and he was like how old are you and I said I'm turning 30 this year and he said oh you have time and she was like you have plenty of time you could change your mind and I was like what am I going to be 40 with a newborn <laughs> and she said well you know me <laughs> She's literally 40-something and so is her husband and she's about to pop a kid out of her woo-ha and I'm over here saying, what am I going to be, 40 years old with a newborn? So I tried to like cover it up and salvage the situation really quick and be like, well, you know, I'm a gay, like our lives are different. By 40, I want to be like super rich and just travel and like have no ties and just do whatever the fuck I want you know like your 40s as a homo or like your second 20s <laughs> oh my god I felt like such a fucking asshole I couldn't believe it and she was sweet and she didn't really seem to be bothered by it but I felt like such a fucking piece of shit because that really wasn't what I meant I didn't mean to be like oh well you guys are old having a kid it's just different for the straights you know like that's what they want to do I don't want to have a fucking child, much less at 40. God, what a fucking moment for me to shove my fist in my fucking mouth hole. So that's that. I hate fucking weddings. I also think it's kind of partially because I hate the way women interact with each other sometimes. <laughs> the way women interact with each other sometimes really chaps my ass, you know? Like, I can't take you any types of serious when they're like, ah! 
why are you making those noises at each other? It is so unnatural. It is so ridiculous. You sound like a fucking hyena. I cannot take when women make those noises at each other. And there's a lot of that at weddings. And I can't take like the, uh, let me put this in front of my face on a stick masquerade style for the photo booth. I just can't. I hate it all. I hate it all so much. So I try to avoid weddings so I don't ruin anyone's happy day with my misery. <laughs> <laughs> the food's never good. Come on. Like, the food always sucks. The drinks are never strong enough. What's the fucking point, you know? It costs you a ton of money. You gotta buy an outfit. You gotta fucking put the money in the envelope. What the fuck's the point? Go get married on a goddamn island somewhere. Call me when you get back and I'll send a gift, you know? So, contrary to um, what I just said... <laughs> I actually had a really great time at the wedding, even though I was super high. Oh, get this. I'm super fucking high. And then my whole table just goes home at like eight o'clock. My friend that I used to work with and all of her coworkers, they're all fucking nurses. They had to get up at like, you know, the ass crack of dawn. So they all fucking left at like 730, eight o'clock. The wedding doesn't end until like 10. And I had already told Matt that I would go out with them to the bar after and continue the party. So I'm stuck there with an empty table. So I just had to like walk around the room and find new places to hang out because I wasn't about to sit at my table in the center of the room alone like fucking Steven Glansberg. So I just walked around and found new people. I went outside and smoked a cigarette and I met this great girl who was beautiful and wonderful. But her boyfriend was like super drunk. Can't remember his name and I wouldn't tell you even if I remembered. But he was super drunk and I don't know what his problem was, but he was spewing like all the gay stereotypes at me. And I'm like super not an offended person. Like you hear the shit I say on this show. You can't fucking offend me. God bless you if you try, you know, like I don't get upset about the things these people get upset about with the fucking words and words are violence and the pronouns and all this shit. I don't give a fuck. You could say, fuck you, you fucking faggot. And I'm going to literally turn around and walk away and be like, your mother, bitch. You know, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to go home and let anything you say affect me. But this fucking guy was driving me up a wall. This happened to me like in so many different instances throughout the night. And it happens to me a lot in life. And I don't really think about it. And I kind of just let it roll because I'm very secure in who I am and I don't give a fuck. And anyone who doesn't know me and thinks that they know me because they know another gay, I'm like, bitch, you'll know me. That's, this is not that, okay? You don't know what the fuck I am. So this fucking guy's spewing like all the gay stereotypes at me. He had like a gay cousin or some shit. And he's like, oh, you probably do this. You probably do that. And I'm like, mm, no, I don't do that. I don't go to Fire Island in my underwear. I don't like fuck strangers in a club. Like <laughs> I'm not in an open relationship. These are all the things he's like spitting out. He at one point was like asking me if I do meth. <laughs> I was like, sir, do you do meth? Because you look like you would do meth or have done meth. And that's way more likely than me having never done meth. All gays don't do meth. That's just some of them. So he was spitting out all this shit. And honestly, it didn't even bother me. Like, oh, I'm upset. It just annoyed me because I was like, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> Does that make sense? Loser is my favorite word to talk about somebody I don't like with because you can be any kind of person. You could be any race, any gender, any size, any shape, any whatever. You could be rich. You could be poor. You could be a, a, a kind person. You could be a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, probably not a kind person, but you get where I'm going. You could be any kind of person at any kind of stature and still be a fucking loser. 
There are so many people who are super successful and they are still fucking losers. This guy was a fucking loser. So if you're listening, lady who he was with, you are beautiful and you seem like you have your shit together and things going for you. <laughs> so leave this motherfucker behind because he is a douche bag. I can't explain it right because it sounds like I'm just personally upset with the things he was saying and I'm really not. I just took a look at that person and listened to what they were saying and I could see who that person was and it was just a douchebag and that's what made me not like them. It wasn't what you were saying. It's that I could see who you are as a person and I fucking wanted to light him on fire. Okay, this is me checking in during post-editing because I realized I forgot to make a very important point. Whenever the supposed straights, the men, act like this, it always leads me to believe that you are a closet homo. This is one of the many signs of a closet homo. And we can discuss the others at a later date. But if you are talking all this nonsense about the gays and you know all the little ins and tricks and shit you're saying that I don't even participate in. It leads me to believe that you were doing some weird shit on the low, okay? So what his girlfriend should do is steal his phone. Hopefully she knows his password. If not, open his eyes at night while he's sleeping for fucking face ID. Go to the app store, search an app named Grinder, and if you don't know what the fuck that is by now, Google it. I can help you. There are two ways you can download an app. If they've never had it in their phone, it'll say get. The little circle or rectangle will say get, and you've never had that app in your phone. If you have, it's a little cloud with an arrow because you are re-downloading it from the iCloud because you've already installed this app in your phone. So that is the number one way to find out if your boyfriend is a dick sucker on the low. And these girls will say, oh, not my boyfriend, not my boyfriend. But let me tell you how many of your fucking boyfriends... (laughs) (laughs) I have seen by accident on that app. No confident, comfortable person who is secure in themselves talks all this kind of shit. Sorry. But those weird things like happen to me everywhere I go, right? Like I was talking to this one chick. She was super cool. Super cool. I wanted to hang out with her the whole fucking night, but she was like also a little crazy. Like she was really going for it in certain instances. And I was like, Ooh, I don't want to be caught up in that crossfire. (laughs) And she was like, she asked me for a cigarette. I was outside smoking a cigarette. And she was like, oh, can I have a cigarette? Like, I don't want my husband to see me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, blame me. Blame that you were standing out here with me. I don't give a fuck. I'm all about the closet secret smokers. I'm like, you want to come over here and smoke some of this? And your husband's going to yell at you? Blame it on me. I don't give a fuck. And she was like, you know, when I talk to people, they figure it out. Like, they don't think I'm sitting around banging ladies on a Saturday. You know, like, they can figure out within a few minutes, seconds, whatever it is, that I'm, you know, a homo. So they do this thing sometimes where they have to, like, let you know that they know and that they are okay with it and that they know someone who's also, quote unquote, like you. So she was like, I don't remember what we were talking about. But we were talking about something I was doing, a vacation or something that had like nothing to do with homosexuality. And she was like, oh, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. I know my cousin's gay. He's yeah. uh I know. I have a cousin. He's gay. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck does 
that have to do with the story? I'm telling you. What the fuck does that have to do with the story about me on vacation with my family where no gay activity was involved? You just need to let me know that you know another fag so that I feel comfortable with the fact that you don't hate me. <laughs> It's such a weird, odd perception. And then you get the people who want to set you up with someone just because they're also a homosexual. And I'm like, this doesn't work like that, bro. <laughs> you can't just take two gays and smash them together. You know, that's like me saying, oh, you're a single girl who likes boys. Well, I know this guy and I think you should be hooked up with him without asking you anything about your type, your preferences, what you look for in someone that just because you have a P and he has a and she has a V, I could just smash you the fuck together. You know, it doesn't work like that. So people all the time will try to test me and they'll be like, um, I have this this friend and I think that you guys would be really good for each other and I think it could really work out and he's really cute and I'm like, can you tell he's a homosexual when he talks to you? And she's like, um, I mean, not really. The fact that you hesitated is a no. I have a specific type. I like men and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I like masculine guys who are taller than me and I don't want to know that you're a homosexual if I don't know. Sorry, I don't care if that sounds bad. I don't care if you think that's offensive. It's my type. I'm not into feminine guys. There are plenty of people who are. So there's plenty of room for you out there. It ain't me. And they always say the same thing. They're always like, oh, but he's really cute. I'm like, okay, show me a picture. Show me a picture. They're never fucking cute. They're never cute. And they always look like a fairy princess. They always look like they are fucking leaving a trail of glitter dust behind them as they walk. You cannot just smash me together with another gay. It is so obnoxious <laughs> to think that just because two people happen to like dick, that they are going to be perfect for each other. Okay? Your friend is not as great as you think they are because you are their friend. Your friend is not attractive to me just because you are someone who doesn't want to fuck them and happens to think that they are somewhat cute. It doesn't work like that, okay? So please stop trying to set up gays that you met four seconds ago with the only other gay person that you know because nine times out of ten it is not going to be a fucking match. It is not going to be a fucking match. So just shut the fuck up ladies and worry about your husbands who you're only sleeping with once to twice a week <laughs> that's all i've got for you hoes today i have to go drink another cup of tea because this one is cold as fuck and i'm going to die of this illness as usual make sure you're following me on instagram at mickey not the mouse make sure you send me messages emails at notthemouseproductions at gmail.com with stories, comments, concerns, questions, unless you're from the LGBT, EFG, exclamation point, less than, greater than sign community, and you have complaints about the things I've been saying, send your fucking email right back up your ass. I don't give a fuck. Other than that, send stories, send questions, send things you want me to talk about, and we don't know where we'll end up next week, but hopefully by next week, I will feel like a normal fucking person. Later, hoes. 